The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy. And thank you again to all of you who have joined me today for another show about Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. You can reach me anytime by going to my website, which is www.thedivineiswithinus.com or thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Please send me a message. Send me your thoughts, your questions, your arguments, or whatever you have. That's great. But uh, I know that it's my purpose to share with you all the truth that I know and you know that I'm still learning. I keep learning and growing every day and we're all in this together. So please follow yourself, follow your own heart. That's what this show is all about. Today I have a very special guest with us, a guest that is going to be talking with me about religion and white supremacy one of the saddest and most tragic topics, perhaps, that there ever has been on the planet, but it's a reality nonetheless. And today, I'm talking with Amar Kaleka, a friend of mine from Wisconsin. I first met Amar in California a few years ago when I had an interview over my uh, about my first book. So, Amar Kaleka, welcome to Beyond Religion. Your life is waiting. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Uh, hope we have a good topic to discuss. I think it's very deep. And uh, timely. Yes, it is. So we're going to probably have uh, not enough time to talk about it all, but we'll get as much done as we can. So, Amar, you and I both know that religion and this white supremacy thing has been deeply connected. And I'm not even sure I understand all the connections, but as we look back in history, we see Hitler, the Germans, white people. Uh, racist, uh, so many of them. And Hitler claimed that, oh, everything we're doing is fine because we're Christian. And yet, he was a mass murderer. I'm sure you thought about that in relation to white supremacy. I have, Jim. Um, a sad story to start this off. Uh, my, my father was murdered by a white supremacist, a neo-Nazi man who stormed into our temple uh, on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and murdered six beautiful people and left one in the hospital for for good. And one of them was my father, and he was the president of the temple. And mm. most people are thinking to themselves, well, what what is the temple? What's the religion? The religion is Sikhism, S-I-K-H, and it comes from India. It's a, it's a Vedic tradition that broke the boundaries of the caste system and allowed Vedic practitioners to get into open meditations uh, 
And as you know, probably, and I know, uh, Christ himself was very Gnostic and had a, a significant amount of meditations he was teaching. Yes, he did. Uh, and this was what gave him an elevated uh, standing in the community because he was able to break boundaries. And that murder of my father took me on a, a different path. I had to figure out why he was murdered and what was this whole thing about white supremacy. I, I always understood racism. I, I'm, I'm obviously a person of diversity. But I really didn't get to the roots of it until only this year. So three years after researching it, I started to really think about, well, what happened? When did, when did Christ's face change from you know, uh, a Semitic brown person with maybe cotton-like hair to the Christ we think of now in the West, which is a completely different uh, fabrication of who he was. Yes. And then I, I started to think, if not now, I'm nowhere close. I'm just thinking to myself, if I was him, would I be upset that people had changed my background or heritage or... It, now, I don't think he would be upset, but if he, if somebody does that to create a false sense of supremacy, then I think there's a problem. And I think there's some, you know, misconfiguration there of the religion and of the, the topic. Well, absolutely. That What you're saying is true, Amar. I have been studying a lot of this for a long time. And one of my main points and all that I've written and talk about is the difference between the Jesus of Christianity and Yeshua, the Aramaic teacher who said, I have come to bear witness to the truth. He didn't come to create a church. And I think he would be very upset if he knew about some of the changes and some of the the outright bigotry and hypocrisy that we see in the name of Christianity today. Absolutely. And I, 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 I'm honored, Jim, that you use his original name, Yeshua, you know, and a lot of people don't even realize that the, the letter J was not in the, the ancient alphabets until about 400 to 500 years ago. That's right. And so there's words like Jesus, and we use the letter J and then Jewish, and uh -huh. all these words are, are new formations of old thought. And now the, the, the question that, you know, is, that needs to be answered is, are the new formations going in line or going closer to the truth? Because I believe he was setting us on a path towards understanding the truth. Uh, and I, th I love the fact that you talk about the divine being within because culturally we're taught that God is outside and inside, formless, genderless, and energy like that is, um, even if we had searched for millions of years, we would never get to the ultimate answers. Exactly. But the divine is infinite. And uh, we, the truth is we are too. We've just been taught that we're temporary and we're going to live, we're going to die, and then religion somehow tells us what's going to happen after that. And I've been saying to a lot of people lately, let's wake up. We are already eternal. We already have eternal life. And it's an amazing concept when we think about it. But something you just said, I want to take a little bit further about the divine within. What Yeshua taught in the deepest sense of that everything I can, I can understand is when he said, I am, he said, Inanna, or Enna, Enna. 
And I have been blown away by the Aramaic meanings of that phrase. Because when he said, I am, he said, the, when you understand and experience that the greater I am is within you, the smaller I am, you begin to understand the truth. What do you think about that? I think that is so powerful on so many levels that even just hearing that and being able to acknowledge that the divine is within an I am, when he said that, I, I don't think he was pointing to uh, a self-identity that was separate from other humans. Absolutely. He was pointing to a self-identity identity that empowers humans. Exactly. What he was leading at that point was a revolution against a significant amount of hardship and negativity brought to them by the Roman Empire. And, you know, the, the differences and the separation between the people. And now, when he says, I am, now, the scariest part there for anybody in power is when you empower a whole group or a whole new group of people to say, look, the divine is within you, and you can get to it through practice. You can get through it through uh, devout living. You can get through get to it through forgiveness, or get to it through even all of these steps. And he labels them out precisely. And loving others. And love. Oh, of course, of course. And and having that infinite love. And and you have this recipe given to you in a in a codified way. It empowers you, but then that empowerment scares powerful people or scares the people in power. <laughs> yes, that it does. Keep going. Sorry. No, I, I mean, I think uh, that's what, what ultimately toppled his, his line of thinking. These other people go, wait, 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 wait. If we, this codified thing goes out and everybody else can read it and then become empowered, uh, what are they going to do to us, the people that are the elite that are in, you know, in command? Exactly. And that's that's when the edit started coming. You that, know, that's for sure. Uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Yes, I, and there's so many things you just said. We could take it in several different directions, but just to go back for a minute, when I did further study uh, in in the years past, I discovered that we now have documented proof that Jesus Yeshua, his name was Issa. In the back in the the, the Buddhist uh, connections in India, and back in uh, uh, see, I'm trying to think here in in Tibet, and we have proof now that Yeshua Issa actually was in Tibet and studied there, and he connected with the gurus and the ancient uh, religious minds and, and practices in, in India. I, I I love the idea of that, and I want the proof has been uh, for me. It's almost a theological or spiritual philosophical proof. That area of the Middle East is the Middle East because it's connected to the East. Exactly. And then the East has such a profound history of religion and spiritual thought. And so I love the fact that anybody who was willing to study it thoroughly, they would end up in Nalanda University and you know in India. And looking through and being with the other spiritual leaders of the time. So if if Issa, Yeshua, Jesus had traveled there, it there's plenty record of it on our side. But why doesn't the West accept the record? Exactly. And there are so many today. I see it on <clears throat> Facebook all the time. 
Uh, there, in all these documents in history, there's no proof that Jesus ever existed. And I want to say, wait a minute, maybe if you just looked in the right place, you might find him, because we have documented proof that he existed and that he taught. The Aramaic language was spoken <clears throat> from the borders of China all the way to uh, Egypt. It was a secondary language of the Persian Empire, and he traveled that whole route, and he taught. So right now, Amar, we're coming up on time for a break. There's so many things we need to talk about, but we'll be right back with everyone in about two or three minutes. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. Well, we're having quite an adventure today talking about the ancient traditions of India and Tibet and Yeshua, Issa, Jesus, and uh, my good friend Amar Kaleka is with me, and we've been talking about this. So, Amar, uh, take it away, and I will follow you, uh, and we'll let's learn more about the traditions behind all this supremacy. Well, and and it's it's an interesting one because at about the time you have the introduction of the J to the alphabet, the the ancient alphabet, you also have a changing of the we call the Ru. The Ru is the face of uh, a prophet. Now, prophets in India come and go, and they're supposed to keep coming and going for millennia because each child can become a prophet if, if given the proper education and given the proper knowledge and structure. And at about the time of our you know, history, let's say 500 years ago, you also see the J being introduced, the rule of Christ being changed, and then the introduction of the African slave trade. And this classification of, of man uh, based on DNA and based on genetic past phenotypes, genotypes, 
is I think the first time that we've done this in such a, I mean, it's such an enslaved way since Genesis, since the Egyptians had done it. Yes. And now with this, even when we look at Genesis, it's interesting because you'll you'll watch the movies on it, right? And everybody's uh, Caucasian. The Egyptians are Caucasian, <laughs> and um, at the at that point, we we know that the Egyptians were true Asiatic African or African. That's true, you know. And the mummies show it. Uh, everything shows it. And then when Joseph shows up in in Egypt, we wonder who is Joseph, you know? And um, where does all of this ability to construct and organize and build megastructures come in. And at that point, we still have evidence of ancient large structures in the Indochina world. Uh, You have Angkor Wat. You have a significant amount of other uh, megastructures. And so it begs the question of, were the Israelites themselves Indochinese? Because Uh the the scriptures say 40 years to get back home. Uh We also know that when Moses left, many tribes or many um, followers had kind of gotten lost and went the, you know, in different directions. So if they finally made it home, and I think there is a, a bit of record in India about Mary making it back, about Christ's birth or a Christ's resting spot and mm-hmm. Moses coming back. If you have that record, I mean, it would take us quite a bit to study it and 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 unearth the literature that Absolutely. is ancient Sanskrit. You know, that's true. Well, I like what you say about the the racial structure of uh, or makeup of, of Africa, because we I was taught most so many of us are taught that Africa is all black people except Egypt. They somehow were white. It's crazy. So even Yeshua himself, the Hebrew people were not white people. They were of a darker skin. So it's interesting how racism and and this white supremacy stuff has come into a religion today, mostly that we call Christianity. It's not unique to Christianity, but that's where we see so much of it. And I say it's because Christianity has never, as, as a religion, has never understood who Yeshua truly is. I think I think you're onto something there, Jim. Because when you look at him historically, and I had a great class at uh, Marquette University where we looked at uh, the Christ of history versus the religious version, mm-hmm. and you have a true meditator, you have a true person who is teaching uh, what we call third eye meditation, which is lining up of the sun to your third eye mm-hmm. um, and catching breath and searching for inner consciousness, mm-hmm. which is that voice. Yes. And now when you can become intimate with that voice and through meditation you can, meditation is different than prayer and yes, meditation is. is definitely different than the word thoughts. Yes, you know, so mm-hmm. Meditation is you taking a silent path and uh, breathing properly to get oxygen into your body without using it. When you can do that, I believe that any human can find that voice yes. and any being can find that voice. And if that voice can grow stronger and stronger and stronger, you'll be able to find that path that you desire and your ability to control outcomes and events is infinite, you know, for yourself and maybe for loved ones, like a laying of hands or these miracles that people speak of. Uh, yes. they, they weren't so miraculous back then. They were actually quite commonplace uh-huh. in the Indo-Chinese world. 
That's true. That's true. Say some more. I love what you're saying. Well, I mean, this this brings me to this. Why did why did they change his perspective, or why did they change his personality? And I I often wonder that, Jim. Like, why why did let's say the Council of Nicaea start to take out the Gnostic principles of Christianity? Mm-hmm. And maybe it has something to do with that power structure of the monarchies of the um, the elite that were controlling these bands of tribes in Europe mm-hmm. and them getting very scared of the rise of people yes you know, the common man you know I've, I've studied quite a bit about this and I've looked at history in, in a great deal uh, and a lot of depth and what I have discovered is that very soon after Yeshua walked the planet they began to change what he taught Primarily, it wasn't changed because in that day, the truth and what he taught was passed on by oral tradition, mostly. And what he taught wasn't really written down for quite a while. But something very strange happened when St. Paul came onto the scene, a man who never knew, I say, diddly squat about what Jesus taught. Everything we find that Paul supposedly taught, and I have to admit we don't really know for sure, based on the pages of the Bible, we don't really know for sure what Paul said either. So, and I want to give him some some uh, credit for that. At the same time, when we look at what Paul taught, uh, I have uh, actually wrote, wrote a, one of my books on my website. It's called Conversations with St. Paul, the Homophobic Preacher. Mm. And what we find in Paul was nothing but a, a, a man who claimed to have a meeting w- with Yeshua, but he never did, and I challenged him in that book, my conversations with him. I said, Paul, had you ever met Jesus, you would have at least said one thing. You would have at least quoted him one time. Mm. So, Absolutely. For, for me, back there, it was Paul and his uh, Mithraism and the religion in Tarsus of the day, and then it went on to the so-called church fathers. Irenaeus was one of the nastiest men on the planet. And he wrote 30 volumes called Against All Heresies. He, and then he burned them all. So we would hopefully never find them. And to this day we haven't. But he, he had to destroy something that made him full of fear, is, is my theory. Mm. And so, that, that happens a lot with scientists even today, you know. Exactly. So I say the church fathers, and then later the, the Council of Nicaea and Constantine and the Roman bishops, were very afraid, and so they came up with dogma and doctrine and theology that was in direct opposition to what Yeshua taught, because fear-filled men always have to create a control system. Mm. It's a, it's an interesting one, Jim, because you see the the acceptance of certain pagan rituals. You see the acceptance of different cultures in Christianity, early Christianity, the changing of dates, yes. the, the aligning of certain, uh, you know, certain pre-existing orders so that way you can, there's a unification process. Yes. And th- that, you know, of course, in clear benevolence is a good thing because in unity people find compromise. Um, but essentially, when, when Christ goes... I mean, completely in-depth about the Sabbath, right? Like, there's a certain amount of things that he taught and he continually preached. 
you have to wonder, are we losing some of that in the compromise? And then if we're compromising with certain tribes, but not compromising with larger tribes because we want to um, battle with them or we want to take resources from them, uh, in, this, in this case, we want to take the, the throne next to God himself by saying he was, he was like us. Yes. That, yeah. that lightning in a bottle is being sold for trillions upon trillions of dollars every Sunday. Yes. Well, the church had to create an external God because Yeshua taught the kingdom of heaven is within you. And he taught, I mean, you can't have the, the, the presence or a kingdom without the presence of a king. And therefore, that is, in, in the Aramaic, the essence of the divine itself is within us. And, and one of the, oh, how should I say this? One of the, the best ways to understand the word within is that it's also among. So it's within you and me and every other person we see. And it's also because it's within all of us, it is among us. And the most, the most powerful phrase uh, that the kingdom means is it's the I can of the cosmos. Mm, it's that a, is deep. It's empowerment, not smallness. And th that would scare a ruler. That, that <laughs> would, right? That would, that, at that point, it's so deep because... Yes. Having and I all I want to ask you, Jim, because you know I'm an outsider to Christianity in terms of uh, certain things, like just being born into a, a culture. Mm -hmm. um, but how do they rectify the God versus the Son, and then having two different identities and them being one identity? Yes. Well, you see, the Church had to come up with this Trinity because they couldn't reconcile some god up in the sky that was angry and ready to burn you, and then this one that called Yeshua, Jesus on the planet, who the English words are misleading. He never said he was God. To be a son of God is what all of us are. Mm -hmm. And he then, they, of course, the church, oh, he's the only son of God. No, I'm sorry, he wasn't. And though, So then they had to they come up with the Holy Spirit, which they totally misunderstood. And in their bigotry and in their, their homophobia and in all the racism and misogyny, they had to come up with something else. So the Holy Spirit originally was the sacred pneuma, the rukutakucha, which is feminine. Mm. <laughs> so and that was the balance. Yes. And... Uh -huh. Yeah, and true spirituality is always the balance of the male and the female, the mother and the father, the birthing one, and uh, which is the first word of the Aramaic Lord's Prayer. Uh, you know, when, when Jesus never said, Our Father, he said, Avun, the birthing one. So, but, but the church and the Roman Catholic Church came along, and they, they had to change that feminine Holy Spirit. And when the Latin was what they used, they translated it as the Spiritus Sanctus, male. So all of a sudden the church had its all-male trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is a lie. <laughs> I love the way you broke that down and I think that's a, a great starting point from you know, like uh, discussing mm -hmm. why and how and what that has done to our next 2,000 years. Exactly you know? right. Exactly right. Well, Amara, we have got to take time right now for another break. 
So to all of you who are listening to us, we'll be back with you on the other side of two or three minutes. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Again, that's thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. Well, to all of you who are listening, there are so many ways we can go with this discussion today. And I so appreciate Amar Kaleka, my good friend who's been joining me here. And we, Amar, you started with uh, talking about the uh, slaughter of your father and others in the Sikh temple uh, back in 2012. Let's reconnect with that and then take it further. You know, it's... Um that day on, on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m., everybody was in the temple and it was elderly people and a, a lot of youth just there kind of prepping the meal. And in our temples, uh, everything is set up for just an open meditation. So we play ancient harmoniums and uh, harmonics that help you get into a very nice state for meditation. Mm-hmm. And I often you know, have to distinguish meditation from prayer because prayer is you interacting with an external being. Yes. Meditation is finding the being in the light conscious and the originator inside of your own self. Yes. And, yep. uh, and inside the group. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you say among us, that's perfectly said. Yes. Um, now here we have a gentleman who walked in, former army sergeant, raised by the United States Army, to hate people that have turbans and beards because it's just a visual look, right? Yes. But even ancient Christians had turbans and beards. <laughs> um, and uh, it's, a, it's an ancient rule that kind of helps people navigate the world. But he came in and he slaughtered people because he believed them to be lesser than him. Yes. And, I, and I often wonder if that white supremacy takes root 
at the time when people started changing the scriptures to make themselves more important so that way they could have an elite group versus a, a not so elite group, this classism. And from that, I, you know, my research has now shown me that we can even trace this back to the neo-Nazis and the Nazi movement in World War II, mm -hmm. where we have a significant amount of backing from the elites from America, like the Bush family, the Walker family, a significant amount of families that were oil-rich, mm -hmm. and them backing the regime of Hitler and even in maybe installing Hitler, as, yeah. we'll, as some people have pointed out, yes. to, to fight Russia because they were scared that the socialism, the rise of the regular man would invade into Western Europe and invade their, their elite power structure. Yes. And now this elite power structure, in order to create as much uh, wealth and machinery as they can create to, for Germany, they had to enslave another group of people. And what ended up happening in World War II is they went to the Israelites and they actually re-enslaved them and killed them in mass genocide. Right. And this, this horrific tragedies are an open book for everybody to read, but nobody reads them. Yes. And is it because they have the opiate of the people? Why won't they, why won't they bring this up in topic? Yes. Men are afraid. And the ones that you mentioned and many, many others, have to have control. The 1% versus the 99, as we hear a lot about today. And there are so many of these men that have to have control, they have to have their money, that they fear socialism, they fear what they, a misunderstanding of communism even, but mm -hmm. they fear the people being empowered. And that's what the, even the church, the Christian church, has been about since it got started in 325 of this common era. Keep the people quiet. Keep them out of the, out of the loop. Keep them uneducated. Keep them serving and enslave them and make sure they give their money. Mm, and it, it reminds me of uh, an ancient Native American saying. Uh, Native American saying goes, all mental illness starts with greed. Mm, I never heard that one. Yeah, but and it's a deep one because you can see it in a materialistic world, a capitalistic world. Everything comes from that self-centered, I need something to fulfill something I'm lacking. Yes. And that lack might be the spiritual nourishment that they could have gotten from a truth that, was, that supersedes all these other lies. Yes. You know, and that truth is that we're all one race. Yes. The human race is not divided. The human race is Asiatic, African by start. But then as we travel, we go into all these nooks and crannies of geological and environmental factors, and we can transform. Yes. We transform quicker than other animals. That's like, right. We evolve so quickly that we can maintain ourselves on any planet. And this is a, a scary thing to think about, but it's not so scary because we see it happening day to day. We see ourselves, I mean, think about how different we are, Jim, from our ancestors 100 years ago. We're growing, we're growing a foot taller every you know, 100 years. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. remarkable. That's right. Well, I find what you're saying, it, it's so true. I, I just almost wanted to shut up and let you do the whole, all the talking. <laughs> but yes, we see 
the problems with men. And it's why the male energy puts women down, it puts our homosexual gay friends down, it puts other races down. It is all about me, 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 and me being in control, me having it all. Jesus taught the opposite of that, and that's why he was killed. Mm, that's deep, because as soon as you teach people that they can combine powers, you know, they can get into a room and pray together, and they'll actually have a more electrified meditation mm -hmm. or prayer. Mm -hmm. You're going to scare. You're going to scare people. That's right. That's exactly what happens. And we are here to empower each other. In fact, next week on the show, I'm going to be talking about moving beyond religion to community. How we can create a world where everyone wins, and how how we need that, and how we need each other. And that's what Yeshua taught. In fact, he said, if you want to, when he was questioned by one of the Pharisees, how should, can I get eternal life? And Jesus said, love your neighbors as you love yourself. The, the greatest commandment, love the divine, and love your enemies too. If you do these things, he said, you will have eternal life. Well, so by loving others, I can rec realize and, and recognize and own my own eternal energy yes yes we can i love it i love it and, and that the, the power of truth and love is is everywhere you know and i think uh over time as we we start to these have these discussions more openly and now that the internet is around and, mm -hmm. and we have the ability to communicate this fast yes. i think i think our next generations will come to find a deeper deeper sense of the true jesus of the true buddha of the true um, whichever prophets, um, I mean, at this point in time, I've had a lot of discussions with um, Islam, a lot of um, Mohammedans, we call them, because remember, Islam was not allowed into India. Yes. We stopped it. We stopped Alexander the Great. We stopped everybody because as soon as you say you have the last prophet and the ultimate prophet, we know you must be lying. <laughs> because assumably we have many, 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 many millions of years to go before we ever get to an advanced state yes. and assumably there will be more prophets. Yeah. There yes. can never be just one infinite one that ends it all. And that's really what the church tried to make Jesus into, the end-all prophet, instead of taking what he said. In fact, he said, do not call me Lord unless you're practicing or embodying the things that I've taught you. So, to embody what he taught takes people away from capitalism and the worship of things. It takes them away from socialism, any kind of fanaticism, fascism, any kind of ism. We don't need any isms at all. No. We just need each other and the divine is within us all. Unity. You know, now, it, it brings up this, this thought process to me because I often wonder this. Um, so in India, we can have, like, there could be two brown people and they can have um, a person that's born with white pigmentation, mm -hmm. right? Or blonde hair or red hair. Sure. We, have this, we have this happen all the time in India and in Africa, mm -hmm. right? And yes. so I'm wondering if there was ever a time in ancient history where People, people have thought of these guys as outcasts and put them together and sent them away. Uh -huh. You wow. know, and, and, and this 
these thoughts keep crossing my mind because I wonder about human history and why certain people traveled east towards the sun during the day and why certain people traveled west towards the sunset during the day when they're, they were in their travels. Yes. And it seemed like now we've come full circle. The West has met the East. The Western world has crossed over the Atlantic barrier and gotten to the New World. And then they, the, the Eastern people that had gone east over the Bering Strait and became Native Americans uh-huh. have now met the West again. And maybe we're at the first time in the human history where we can become one people. Yes. And there's a huge amount of resistance to that. And that's exactly what you and I are talking about today. And it's the resistance of those who must maintain control. Mm. And, is, is it, and is it a control based on external factors? Yes. You know, because if they have a monarchy, then they have to say, well, that is my lineage. That's my mom and father from 9,000 generations ago. <laughs> and now, and yeah. that's, that's the lie. That's, yes. That is the lie. The lie is in one word, in my opinion, and it's the word chosen. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, the history of the Hebrew people, and I'm not putting down my Jewish friends at all, but we see it. They are the chosen people. I'm sorry, but you're dead wrong. Even, uh, what's his name, Netanyahu today, talks about them being chosen. Well, wait a minute. Does that mean you slaughter the Palestinians? No way. No mm-hmm. way. And yet Christianity picked up on the same thing in so many ways. I was taught that for all my... You know, growing up years, I spent uh, 30-some, 40-some years, really, in the Christian church until finally I threw out the baby with the bathwater and said, no more. I will go and find what Yeshua taught. I will practice what he taught with every fiber of my being. And someone says, well, then you're a Christian. I said, no, no, I'm not. Mm, you're, to, you're a unifier. To practice what Yeshua taught means I am not one of the religion of Christianity. And I have Christian friends. I honor them if they're practicing what he taught. But I'm not chosen. (laughs) And you're not chosen. Nobody is better than anyone else. Absolutely. And I think even if we look at the book of Genesis, we have a a situation there where the meek had become strong Mm -hmm. from the challenges given to them. And they call themselves the chosen people. But essentially what you're looking at is it need not be chosen by uh, a, an outside force. It's chosen by experience. Yes. It's, it's a chosen. If you can redefine and recodify that, then you can settle a, a humongous amount of selfishness that does not need to be there. Exactly. Well, one of the doctrines of the Christian church is centered around you were this wicked, bad, doormat syndrome kind of center, and you're, you're wicked, you're terrible. And now that you've accepted the dogma of the church, you are holy. And I say, absolutely nonsense. That does not do it. Dogma can't make anybody anything except self-righteous. I like that. So right now, Amr, we have to take another break before our final segment. So we will be right back with all of you in just a couple of minutes. Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian Healing the Shame and Fear from Man Made Theology. 
That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles, and you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. Well, Amara, we just have a few minutes left in today's show, but I want everybody to know that there's something about you that I haven't said yet. I first met you a few years ago in San Diego, California, where you were head of the filming crew that filmed the interviews with uh, me and others with uh, Ariel Ford. And at that point, you were involved with and still are with NeverEnding Light Productions out of L.A., I believe. Tell us a bit more about that and any contact information for you. Oh, that's super nice of you, Jim. Um, yeah, filming, we're on our fifth feature film right now. It's called The Peacemakers. It can be found at thepeacemakermovement.com. Uh, and we've won a couple of Emmy Awards, and we've been doing a lot of work on crowdfunding and crowdsourcing so we can help people fundraise the money they need to make the projects. Mm. And uh, we're, we're brand new with that, but we've raised well over a couple million dollars for people including our own film, Sirius, and that one broke records as a crowdfund. And you can find all that information on neverendinglight.com. And uh, many people don't know this, but I'll tell you, Jim, uh, my full name is Amar Deep or Amar Deep, and you're saying it right when you say Amar. Um, it means never-ending light. It translates to that, so that's what I named my production company. Mm, excellent. And, I didn't know that. Wonderful. Not many people do. Well... For you who are listening today, there are so many things that we've talked about, and I hope that above all else, you've heard the words of my friend about the pain that it caused him personally and the loss of his father, and yet we all know, Amar, that through the deepest pain that we walk through, we can find more light, we can find more meaning, and though that's very difficult. But yet, there are gifts to be found in everything that we lose. Would you agree with that? 100%, Jim. Especially, I mean, it, this was a really tough lesson on forgiveness for me. Yes. Um, I mean, even after that, a couple more things happened to me personally. And this has been the toughest lesson on forgiveness. And I know that Yashua, 
you know, Issa, discuss forgiveness because I believe it is the ultimate expression of love. The the ability to be harmed or to be um, the 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 weakness there, and you wanting to lash out and become aggressive. If we can take that in our society and apply that forgiveness chapter to, let's say, criminality, mm-hmm. when a person makes a mistake and they're young and they're doing ninety percent things right, but they're doing ten percent things wrong, yeah. if we if we don't if we don't punitively punish them, I mean, I don't think I've ever met a person that gets that learns over and over by punitive punishment. That's if right. We, if we can give them love. If we can show them a different path, because yes. the path they were on was just a one of a poverty and you know a impoverished thought, impoverished yes. thought. Yes, I think we can change the whole society. Let's hope so. But today we have the corporate uh, prisons that uh, are suing states now because they don't have enough people in jail. It's wow. one of the craziest things this country's ever done. But you're right. We need to forgive. We need to to decriminalize. Uh, marijuana and drugs and things like this, and instead put people into to, uh, programs where they can restore themselves, understand why they did what they did, and then perhaps see some beauty coming out of that life instead of just saying, oh, they're criminal. Well, how many criminals have never been caught? That's 100% right. That's a, you know, the violence containment industry, um, as as numbered by the Institute of Peace and Economics, is the largest industry in the world. The violence containment industry of America uh-huh. is the largest industry. So that includes prisons, uh, our military complex. Yes. It includes a, a, quite a bit of uh, bureaucratic things. Yes. But ultimately, I'm wondering to myself, we know who the culprits are. We, yes, know, we, we know which people are making uh, money hand over fist, hand over fist on these prisons and the and the justice system the way it is, and the war. Yes. I mean, do not be surprised if people are going to vie for a third world war through Syria. Yes. You do not be surprised if they play tricks that are beyond our understanding. Yes. And the, this, this, this knowledge of who these people are, if you search out which are the most secretive societies, and yes. secretive always implies if somebody's being secretive, they're not being transparent, then they're not with the truth. That's right. You know, if you, if you if you have the truth with you, you need not be secretive. Yes. And so these societies uh, of the skull and bones of of certain Freemasonry of these societies are all around us. And yes. ask yourself why they're patriot or why they're um, paternal. Exactly. Yes. And you'll get your answers. That's exactly right. And I would encourage everyone listening to hear what Amar has just said. One of the biggest problems we face in our country and in the world is the male supremacy. Men who have not ever understood that they have a feminine side that they need to access. And one of the things that people are uh, talking about me about, one of the quotes I've said is that, Weak men must become as strong as the women they fear. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> that's deep. The, so, it makes me think, uh, Jim, because we, we, we've been doing a lot of research on violence and yeah. why America has become so violent. Mm-hmm. And a significant amount of biological factors come to mind. Like One of them is a, 
is a dietary thing. We do, we eat less omega threes. Mm-hmm. Um, but then th- there was another one that um, came to mind, and it was a biological factor out of the research of Adrian Rain, Doctor Adrian Rain. Mm-hmm. But uh, circumcision itself is a significant uh, departing of the natural way. Yes, because you're now making something more numb yes. than it was before, and yes. about about sixty two percent they say the stretch receptors, you know, I mean, and so you have this situation here where people wanted to create a warring culture. Yes. And they wanted to create it for their own uh, imperialism and their own need for more land and resource. Though, if you look deeper in the earth, you'll find more and more resource. Yes. You know, but instead they're spreading. It's, it's an interesting one. Well, so many of the ultra-rich today <clears throat> have been guilty of funding both sides of every war mm. because they know it's profitable. And so many have done that. I won't name names today, but... Uh, but I know of several of them that have done that. And it's just one of the tricks of the shadow masculine to keep control. So, Amar, we have a, just a minute and a half or so left here today in today's show. What would you like to leave with the audience? I mean, ultimately, um, there's a teaching that we have in our culture. It's called Chardikala, which means eternal optimism. Because with the truth on your side with God inside of you which if you're a sentient being it's there yes. you know you will always survive the hardship and become better and greater and more refined though it will be difficult and I think right now we're at a, at a, at a time at a crossing path 2,000 years after Yahshua that we are st- again in a situation of breaking revolutions everywhere constant power struggle and we must get to that point where we look to the light we move forward and we accept it and we forgive the people who have committed the darkness before and that's a difficult one wow you have said something very powerful right there to forgive the darkness that has gone before and to admit that that same darkness in some form or another is within our own selves Mm -hmm. So thank you to all of my friends out there today for listening. This has been a great show with Amar Kaleka, my good friend. And so tell other people about this. What we have said today is very, very important for all of us to know. That's all the time we have for today. This is Jim Stacy. I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning into the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.